Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by uh, Angel and Angel is from Divine Human Ventures and also the CEO Confidant. Uh, His LinkedIn profile says that he helps sales VPs make their teams the custodians of their company's profits, which I love that. And He and his team's experience is boosting sales team accountability, improving remote sales team performance, increasing channel partners accountability. That's the interesting one. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, I'm sure. Accelerate your channel partners and franchise sales growth and train your employees to become the custodians of your company's profits. Great to have you on the podcast, Angel. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Simon, for having me. And obviously, thank you, everybody who's listening to us today. Let's get into the questions. And the first question is, what are you drinking today? And what do you normally drink when when you're working? (laughs) That's a great question. Today, I'm drinking uh, a ginger tea. Ginger Ginger tea? tea. Actually, it's ginger and turmeric. Wow. Be precise. It's yeah. a, a very a very powerful combination of uh, of roots. Actually, it's a, it's great uh, it's it's great stuff. Both of them are great, very healthy yeah. ingredients for a tea. And I started drinking ginger actually a, a year and a half ago. Maybe no, no less than a, a year ago. A year ago, we started to yeah. to buy a lot of ginger at home. So yeah, okay. But it depends. Every single day is different. Yeah, yeah. I, and I always like to start my day I always have a ginger and lemon tea and it comes okay. in a bag it's you know unfortunately I don't have the time to do anything with it myself but it comes in a bag but it gets the digestive system doesn't it going and, and gets you moving through the day which is great I agree it's a great it's a great I mean ginger is just magic and, and yeah. turmeric both yeah yeah I've never tried the two together that's that's a combination I'll have to give a go at thinking about your favorite drink and uh, before we move on to the business questions what is your favorite drink what do you like to have either at work or outside of work? Um, well, as a social drinker, let's say, I, I really like a sparkling wine, maybe okay. because of my origin. I was, you know, I was born close to Barcelona and that area ah. is known for having, it's actually one of the most of the, of the largest producers of sparkling wine in the world. And that's why I like it so much. And it's typically something that they really like to do, like to drink. I, I don't like to go to like very well-known cellars. I'd rather go to small wineries that have, you know, yeah. those hidden gems of, uh, you know, specific sparkling wines. And there's plenty of them. As you know, Spain is full of cellars and yeah. wineries. <laughs> and everybody has, you know, everybody has their own cellar or, yeah. or, or at least thousands and thousands of them. Yeah, we were talking on the uh, very recent podcast about my trip to mainland Spain, stayed at a friend's house uh, whilst he was traveling Europe. Mm. And I went to the Rocca Valley uh, to taste their one. But I never realized, I've been to Barcelona a couple of times, I never realized that they were renowned for their sparkling wines around Barcelona. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, the, the Cava wine, C-A-V-A, yeah. is originally from that area. Actually, 
we, we used to call it champagne until the French told us that we couldn't. Uh, and that was literally, I don't know, 40 years ago or something. But yes, yeah. actually, uh, I don't know what today, but for many, many years, the Catalan Cava, the sparkling wine, was sold yeah. more than any French campaign. Really? Uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's all over the world. I mean, it's, yeah. there's, there's many different brands of uh, Catalan Cava. Yeah. I, I never realized it. Carver came from from there. You know, our next door neighbors introduced us to that one Christmas, and they they put some slow gin into the Carver on Christmas oh Eve. Okay, oh, it, was, it was delicious. Oh, it was so That's rich. Um, so yeah. So how how do you if you're if you're taking your sparkling wine? How how do you drink it? Is there any particular way, or uh, is there any particular time of day when you prefer to have a drink? Yes, typically in the evenings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I, you know, it's, I, I think it depends on the season, as, but in general, I mean, it depends if it's hot or if it's, you know, cold or yeah. whatever, because then maybe you prefer to drink something else. But I really like, I really like the evenings, you know, just yeah. maybe one, one glass with dinner or after dinner. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's my favorite. But again, you know, I'm, I'm not I, I, drinking, drinking wine would not be, like a, a normal habit, you, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Special. So, yeah, exactly. So um, it's, it's like when you ask me what I was drinking right now, right? So right now I'm drinking this, but some other day I can have, for instance, uh, I don't know, there's, there's these uh, plant-based milks that I started to drink, for instance. Yep. And it's also for, for, for a similar reason. It's, they're very healthy. Yeah. And I uh, know also lately I've been, I've been started to drink, you are going to like this one, Simon. Hmm. ceremonial cacao ceremonial okay. ceremonial cacao which is a very special cacao that is being made in specific places in the world yeah and you know i was on a uh, I, I met someone just a few a few weeks ago uh or excuse me let me rephrase i had met her many years ago but i met her again only a few weeks ago yeah. And we started talking about cacao again. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I should go back to the ceremonial cacao. And cacao is a pretty mystic yeah. product, actually, if you drink it, when you drink it. Wow. I love cacao. I love cacao. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to be about episode 50-something, and you're the first person to mention that, uh, you know, cacao. And and also, you know, we learned something about carver as well. So thank you for sharing that. And oh, absolutely. Cere Anytime. Cere ceremonial cacao. Now, listeners, you're going to go out there straight after this, and you're going to Google that, and you're going to find out what it is. You bet. This lady yeah. is awesome. Besides, she's awesome besides the, the chocolate that she distributes. Uh, yeah. Uh, her name is Judy Machado. M A C H A D O. Judy Machado. Right. Amazing ceremonial cacao. I mean, if you Google that, her yeah. name will pop up. She's the she's the lady. ceremonial cacao lady in the world. Wow. Well, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so thinking about the the business and moving on to the business side of, of this podcast, what what's been the the latest or most significant thing that you've evolved or you've worked on in your business? Um, I think that probably has been uh, making sure that uh, I use my uh, exposure properly. Okay. Um, I started to, I mean, I started to play the game of influence, if I can say it like this, uh, probably like five years ago. And I started it like without really knowing nothing about it. And, yeah. you know, fast forward, right now I have a pretty strong branding and presence online. 
and you know people recognize who I am. I'm also very present in the local business community here in Dallas, in Texas, yeah. in the U.S. Um, so, uh, so right, so actually the last service I've started to offer, and that was three months ago. I, I literally am selling my exposure. I use my exposure to support other people's businesses. Okay. So how yeah. does that work? Then? How do you sell exposure? Tell us a little bit more about it. I'm sure Thank listeners you. would love to know that. Yeah. So using a word that everybody understands, right? I am, a, I am an influencer. So, you know, I, I basically use the exposure, you know, the thousands of people that view my posts every single day, the oh. thousands of people I'm connected to, that I keep those relationships and those conversations going continuously yeah. all the time, all the time. I use that as a way to promote my clients' businesses. So let's say you have a business and you want to promote a specific service. Yeah. Then you, you come to me and we define a series of you know, marketing activities on how to position you properly. I mean, I have, I have a team of people working with me. I mean, I have copywriters, I have you know, content writers, I have uh, very creative people in my team, graphic designers. So yeah. I put all these big video editors, I put all this team together to work in order to develop a strategy to support that company's product or service in the right. market. Because I, you know, 80, 82% of my audience and my, I'm on LinkedIn, which is my strongest place to be for my business. Yeah. Uh, I have 27,000 connections today. And wow. I literally speak with, literally, I, I, I exchange messages with over 1,500 a week of them. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a large team taking care of this. Yeah. Uh, and 82% of those 27,000 connections are C-level executives, gotcha. which means that uh, that's why, you know, my clients look for me, you know, look for having this exposure, this access to these people yeah. through, through, my, through my profile. So it gives them amazing leverage then, doesn't it, to, yes. to use your exposure in, in their business. Exactly, exactly. You, you've mentioned LinkedIn, and I always like to put the guest uh, into the spotlight. Yeah. So how do people find you? How do people connect with you? Is, you know, is LinkedIn the best way? Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, I, I am literally every single day on every single platform you can think of, right? Uh, well, I'm not on, on I'm on TikTok, but I, I'm not on TikTok <laughs> uh, for business, nor, I mean, I, I'm there just to say that they have an account to follow yeah. people, to understand and learn how the other people make TikTok work for their businesses. But in, in any other main platform, I'm there every single day. So you can find me anywhere, but, and, and I, I, I have to tell you, I answer all the messages. So everybody, who's right. reaching out to me, they will eventually have an answer from my team or from myself. Yeah. I am on LinkedIn. It's very easy to find me. You mentioned my brand earlier. My brand is the CEO confidant, the yeah. CEO confidant. So if you go to, actually, if you go to Google and you Google the CEO confidant, you will find me or you or Google my name, Angel Rebo. My last name is mm -hmm. R-I, B as in boy, O. And also mm -hmm. my email, email address is very simple. It's angel at angelrebo.com. Perfect. And yeah, those simple links are the best, aren't they? You know, if somebody can remember it, then they can do something with it, can't they? I absolutely agree. So be, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that, that title you said there, the CEO confidant. What yeah. do you mean by confidant? Because that's a word that has much interpretation that people can take from it. Uh, tell us what it means to you and how you work with it. Yeah, I agree. So 
what I mean by that is that when I started my own journey, when I started, when I left corporate America, I started working for myself. I was literally after some months, I was trying to find, you know, something that I had, that my professional career had had in common. Mm. And then I started making some, you know, like just writing down things I had done in my life that I think would be, would make sense to put out there to serve other people moving forward. Right. And I started making some calculations and I, I remember doing that exercise and it was, and I was thinking about how many companies I had served in my life and how I had did it. I had done it. And it was interesting. Do, do, do you know that, that feeling, Simon, that while you're doing something, you're not aware of really what you're really doing. And it has to like, yep. time has to go by until you really realize what you did in the past. Yeah, so this is exactly yeah. what happened to me. So as I was trying to find a way to position myself, myself moving forward, I realized that I had had so many conversations with so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CEOs that I said to myself, okay, why not using, why not using this? Because I really, when you start, when you keep consistently work with CEOs and C-level executives, you eventually become their their confidant Mm. in the sense that you can confide them uh, with, well, you can confide to them with, you know, information, experiences, things that you have done in a yeah. particular industry or in a particular arena. So that's why, uh, that's how the name, the CEO Confident, you know, came up, uh, like and, and just the, being specific with my experience. Yeah, and I think the word confident for me, and you've just touched on it there, and I hope the listeners picked up on that, that it's being a confidant isn't just a one-way communication, is it? It's being, it's two-way. Exactly. You know, it's not just being able to talk to somebody uh, and they listen to you. It's about having that conversation back as well how, how would you encourage some of the listeners to build up that level of confident relationship then with people that they might have around them i i think that you have to go to your heart i mean mm. <laughs> very very honestly and i think that for the last 12 months that's been extremely clear i think that we yeah. we we as human beings it's very easy for us to get you know derailed and to lose connection with the people around us yeah. so i think that becoming someone's confident for the people who's listening to us or who are listening to us. I think that the most important thing is that you go to your heart mm-hmm. and you genuinely listen and speak from your heart to the people around you. If you are able to do that, if you are able to consistently go to your heart and listen to the people around you from your heart, and before you speak, you actually go to your heart and you speak from your heart. I think that that creates these kind of relationships that eventually can create this space you know, yeah. that people really believe that they can confide certain yeah. things, you know, to you and the other way around. And I think it's, that, that's great. And that builds a trust, doesn't it? You know, if you go from the heart, you're starting from a place of trust and vulnerability as well, aren't you? So uh, yeah, that's yes, a great I agree. place to start. Yeah. So if you could give the listeners one tip, one lesson to take away from all the experience. And I'm, I'm going to ask you after this a little bit more about your backstory. Uh, but if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson to take away from today, but they can do something with, what would that be? Yes, it's, it's very clear. Uh, and it's, it's my favorite business mantra. I use it with my clients all the time, which is uh, take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. Yeah. And, you know, for the last months, I've, I've been helping a lot of entrepreneurs. I, actually, I've been also mentoring a lot of people uh, because, as you, as you can imagine, a lot of people were 
pivoting, you know, who are reinventing themselves. They needed, yeah. they needed to do things that they had, they had not done before. And I helped them do that. And I think that taking imperfect action now is perfect for what's happening in the world right now. I think that if you want to start, you know, providing your clientele or, or, your, or, or a particular market with a service or with a product, I think that right now, just trying it out is the most important thing that you can do. Yeah. You know, don't, don't allow anything or anybody to tell you that, uh, you know, it's not going to work, that you will never be able to sell it or to offer it or to provide it. It's not true. Just go out there in an imperfect fashion. Fashion. You don't have to know all the answers. Just go there, provide it, ask for everybody's opinion. You know, just go out there, expose yourself, and and, and do it. You know, in 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 an imperfect matter. That's why I say take imperfect action now. That's that's the, that's the beauty of it. That you will start, you know, gathering information from the market just by start starting to do it immediately. And it's interesting you said there about getting people's opinions. You know, when you take that imperfect action, a lot of people procrastinate because they are worried about that feedback, aren't they? They're worried about what people's opinions might be. And that's what paralyzes them, isn't it? But it's that feedback that moves you forward, isn't it? Is exactly. Any, any way it's you can value. sort of help people overcome that sort of fear of opinions, do you think? Well, I mean... I think that as, as anybody else in the world, I think we, we all, at, up to some point, we all have over, overcome some, some fear, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point and, and in some you know, facet of our lives, all of us. Yeah. So the thing is, why, don't, why are we more prone to take you know, fear or to, to cope with fear in, in a few areas of our lives or more than in, in others? And I think that in this particular case, it's a matter of, of just... I mean, we don't do it because we feel uncomfortable. So we don't feel uncomfortable of being continuously uncomfortable, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so that's that's the reason why. And it's it's not that we don't want to know the reaction of the market to what we want to do. It's because we don't want to show our vulnerability. We don't want to show our prospects or clients or friends or colleagues or relative, relatives. We don't want to show them how vulnerable we are. But in reality, guess what? We are unique by nature. We are unique. Yeah. Nobody, and I'm talking to everybody listening to us today. Nobody's like you. Nobody, even if even if you know, I don't know, you know, 100 people that have had similar experiences to you in the corporate world. Nobody, absolutely nobody, has the exact same experience. Nor do they want to provide the same services to the same people. Yeah. So I always tell every single entrepreneur. You know, your your expertise is unique. Your experience is unique. Nobody has lived the exact same things that you have lived. Yeah. That's their why ju- their journey is unique, isn't it? The journey exactly. they've been on to today has been different. Exactly. That's why there's going to be always people that will resonate with your journey. Yeah. And there's going to be people that will resonate with mine. That's yeah. why I always see the market from a... <laughs> From a you know n- not from a point of a scarcity but from a point of ab- abundance. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so probably answering your question, I think the entrepreneurs sometimes are afraid of going to the market to ask for a because there's a mix, there's a yeah. mix of many different feelings and things, and and also you know accessing that abundance immediately. Also, I think that many people, many of us, have issues with accessing abundance wholeheartedly. Yeah, and it's those inner voices and it's those stories we we tell ourselves, which which leads me on to my next question, Angel. And thank you. You, know, you you gave us a a little bit of a background of you know obviously where you, where you're from, 
and you know the businesses that you've worked in and now you know over in America working in your own businesses give us a little bit of an idea of the backstory of why you do what you do because I can sense you know the listeners can't see your energy here you know you're bouncing around you're full of energy and enthusiasm and you've got me going on this really really quickly just tell us a little bit about (laughs) the story that creates that enthusiasm within you that passion yeah well, I, I, I will have to say that probably that comes from the family because my father is, is pretty much a, a pretty bit, you know, um, upbeat guy. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say beaten up. No, no beaten up, upbeat guy. Yeah. And I probably I inherited his passion and his enthusiasm for the world and for life, probably. Probably. That's one thing. The second thing is that, you know, really my my career started when I was in college. It was a, I was a late bloomer myself. And, and many people that know me today, they'd say, I mean, I don't remember this angel when I was when we were together, mm, you yeah. know. So uh, I think that when I went to college and then I started to be exposed to organizations and associations, and I, I remember there was an international association I became part of, uh, and I started, you know, um, traveling with them all over Europe. I think that the more I was exposing myself, the more the more I was like, you know, overcoming the fear of being out there. Yeah. the more I was becoming myself. In some sense, I was discovering myself as yeah. I was exposing myself. And yeah. that happens still to this day. Yeah. I read the other day, and actually I use this quote very often on my, on my uh, posts, which says, I write, as, as in I write books, right? I write yeah. books to know what I know. And I couldn't agree more. I ha- I'm not an author, yeah. but I think that interviews are exactly the same thing. And the same way, yeah. I think that I give interviews and I'm, I'm, I'm often a guest, as you know, because I discover what I know. Yeah, and yeah. the more questions I'm being asked, you know, you're never asked the same question in the same context. You know, yeah. so even if you ask me the same questions that anybody had asked me before, my answer would be probably different because we are in a completely different conversation. So that's why exposing and then even even taking taking, you know, this uh, question exposing yourself and being forced to look for answers yeah is like an eternal way to discover who you really are and i would encourage every single entrepreneur to do that consistently yeah and i think it's a never-ending journey isn't it, you know, it is. it's something it is that we're continually searching for because there's always always questions to be answered and i'm sure the listeners have lots of questions so before we go on to the the final question, the final business question, and then I'll ask you the final coffee question. You mentioned mm-hmm. in your LinkedIn profile increasing channel partners' accountability. Now, I know for many listeners and for many people who have been guests on the podcast, that is such a difficult thing to get that accountability from your channel partners. Any tips that you can share of how somebody might increase that accountability? Exactly. Maybe I would like to give the, the audience a little bit more of context. I mean, I'm, mm, I'm sure yeah, that they, they, they do know what it is. But so basically, you know, we typically know that companies to make money, we have to sell, right? Services or products. We tend to go to the market by ourselves. But, you know, as, as, as your company grows or depending on the service of the product, you probably have to use what, what is called like an indirect sales model. Mm. And this is what selling with partners means. And a partner channel is basically a partnership program. So there's many partners that belong to that partnership program. And through that partnership, through that partner channel, you basically, you know, resell your products or your services. Yeah. So I, I couldn't agree more. 
And that actually has been one of the things that I have enjoyed the most throughout my professional career, Simon, which is working with them. And you know why? Because at the same time that I was helping them, let's say, go to the market, I was teaching them, I was training them, I I was enjoying my life with them. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's a blind spot that many channel partner managers have today, which is they care more about the numbers and they care more about the systems than about the CEOs and about the the people that are really taking the risks. Because don't forget that. Don't forget that. Even if they are your channel partners, you know, they still have their bills to pay. They, you know, and they have to increase their profitability and they have to care about their employees. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, maybe that's the question I would like to leave the audience for the people who are, you know, familiar with those, this conversation we're having about channel partners is how, how do you personally how do you personally engage and show up in that relationship that you have with that channel partner? Yeah. And I think that there's the answer, isn't it? Right there. Yeah. That's the, the question is the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are you doing about your relationship with your channel partners first? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. place to start, isn't it? Like you said about the conversation yeah. starting in your heart, the first yeah. place to look is yourself. Yeah. So I love that. So, so Angel, thank you very much for, for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. Your, your next ginger tea or your next sparkling wine. Uh, I'm definitely, you've, you've set me off on the carver now. Uh, I've got a bottle of carver actually in, in the rack. So uh, that might come out this weekend. Good. But if you're going to have that drink, that favorite drink anywhere in the world, in a dream location, where would your dream location be? And just describe it for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy. Uh, before I give it the name, because it has a name, it will be in an, in an isolated island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Mm-hmm. It will be an island where, you know, there will be not many people. Uh, there will be probably like some old, you know, huts and businesses from locals, lots of fishermen, uh, the, the, the sound of the waves nonstop all day long. Great. You know, the, wi- the window of my, of my bedroom facing the, f- facing the ocean. And that probably, I mean, my my dream drink in my dream location would also be accompanied by probably a great fish or maybe some seafood, Mm -hmm. you know, with some, you know, uh, garlic uh, mayonnaise, homemade, everything homemade. uh, And along with probably, I would say, some local fruits and vegetables in, in previously like side and side, you know, on the grill. That would be probably... The, the description of my perfect drink alongside uh, food and location, uh, Simon. I don't know if I answer your question. Well, uh, yeah, not only if you answer it, you've, you, I think you've made, and I'm sure all the listeners agree, you've made our mouths water, you know, not just with the, yeah, I'd love to have a bedroom overlooking the ocean, but yeah, you've set the scene and you've put us right there in the picture of it, which is absolutely what I was looking for. So, so thank, thank you. you very much. Uh, just remind the listeners again how they can Absolutely. find you. It's 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 Angel and it's it's Rebo, which is R I B O. Just give right. us the the email address and how best to find you. Absolutely, yes. So again, my email address is angel at angelrebo.com. You can find me on LinkedIn uh, or in any other platform, really. And again, yeah. my promise to you is that whenever you write to me or you reach out to me, I will always respond because I have a team of people helping me do that and i wanted to appreciate you simon for having me today on your yeah. podcast and everybody again for listening to to us today yeah. 
and and thank you very much for giving up your time. I'm very, very precious about my time and I always appreciate people's time and I really do appreciate the time you've given today. And listeners, it's really important that you take something away from what Angela shared here about going to your heart, um, taking an imperfect action now. You know, yeah. Don't procrastinate. Don't worry about what people are going to think. Get those opinions. Encourage those opinions and take that imperfect action now. What a great tip. And uh, I know that, yeah, I know exactly where I want to be when I think of my dream location. And it certainly is a similar location overlooking the ocean. And I love fish as well. So any kind of seafood would be great. Swordfish steaks for me. That would do it for me, definitely. Wow. In the garlic mayonnaise. <laughs> Why not? Yep. Um, Love swordfish, too. Yeah, definitely. This is part of my mission, listeners, to obviously help you and other businesses around the globe become more aware, which Angel's definitely helped us do today, and playing that game of influence, be better educated. And we've talked about not just ginger and turmeric, we've talked about sparkling wine, which I never knew came from the Barcelona uh, area as well. So thank you very much for being on this podcast and listeners. I look forward to seeing you and hearing you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye.